This is in Niagara last night. Pardon? This is the school. Well, I saw the picture there. It was so heartbreaking to see the couches gone. I'm more curious why you decided to visit. I mean, realize you're there on a weekend, but it has to be so boring to go on a Saturday when there's nothing going on. I know, but still. You should have went to the... Break? Was it the Santa Claus Parade? I can't remember what they were doing as a mogul yesterday. Yeah, it was the Santa Claus Parade. Did they do that in Niagara Falls? They did. Okay. So I, um, by the time I got to Welland yesterday, they were already wrapping up. I actually ran into the 280-pound Dutchman. 280-pound Dutchman. Well, we called him Big Dutch. He's one of our teachers. Oh. Yeah. Was he actually 280 pounds? He is a big gentleman. Yeah. But heart of gold. Yeah, he was 300 pounds back in college, but I think he's lost weight. Well, it's not good to be fat anymore. No. It's not good really to ever be fat, but it's not good to be fat. No. I got to work on it. I don't want to be a 280-pound Belgian man. Teaching at a college? I wouldn't mind to teach at the college. I'm not qualified to teach at the college, but one day maybe. We'll see. We'll see how this uh, we'll film, film union work goes. We become qualified to hide from the union and become a college professor. So, Kevin David Murphy, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Pleasure to be here, Jesse. I'm glad you're here. Uh, little backstory. I'm used to having one camera talk. Little backstory. Um, Kevin and I did a radio show for a year and a half, right? Three seasons. Yeah, three seasons. Right? And we we ended up getting a a quote-unquote sponsorship deal with the Seaway Mall, which yes. allowed us to go see the movies for free in exchange for having to say Seaway Mall Cineplex a unbearable amount of times. That's well, the only theater that Tila likes to go to. She it's, will, it's still a pretty good she theater. She will quote the Seaway Mall Cineplex whenever we talk about movies. It felt very nostalgic going there to see Fantastic Beasts last night. Why? It just reminded me of the good old days. You said things have changed, though? I mean, obviously, I've heard that the seats have changed, but what else have they changed about it? Um, hmm. Well, the prices. Yeah, the prices. expensive. Probably, yeah. They can serve beer there now, or at least I can't remember them serving beer. They serve beer there? They do. I didn't even see that when we went. I didn't know that either. That sounds kind of nice. Maybe they just added it. It's been there was a part of me that wanted to go see The Grinch that same night, just because you remember back in the day we usually saw two movies on Cheapy Night? Yeah, we would see the 7 o'clock and then the 9 o'clock one, mm-hmm. and then we'd talk about it the next day on the radio. Mm-hmm. So it was, a good, it was a good college gig. Yeah, and then, we did, uh, and then we also did two old picks of the week, because both of us had big DVD collections. Yeah, uh-huh. so we do too new, too old. Mm-hmm. And usually whoever was not running the bar board would start us off. Yeah. Do you think you watch movies at a similar pace now that you're not college enough? No. Not a chance. There's no time for like, that. This is pro- seeing Fantastic Beasts last night was probably the first movie I've seen in theaters since I saw Last Jedi last year. But like, you're still are you still watching movies when they come out, or have you... I just haven't gone out to see, gone okay. out to the theater in a long time. Because okay. I've just been busy and this stuff just hasn't come to my head. I usually pop in old movies at, in my collection to watch at home. So what's the most recent movie you've watched at home? I would say um, I was binging through some Alfred Hitchcock and some Stanley Kubrick films around Halloween. My okay. favorite being A Clockwork Orange. Okay. 
feel like we're going to get a lot of film recommendations out of this episode, which oh. is good because we've had book recommendations in the past, yeah. but not as much movies. Oh, Clockwork Orange is good. Anything Hitchcock. I watched Psycho around Halloween, and then we went to go see Halloween. Which is uh, which, uh, fun. Re- rear Window and uh, The Birds. I mean, I, his, his most famous one would be Psycho. I like Vertigo. I love Vertigo, actually. Um, would you put Vertigo in your top ten favorite films? No, but no? I love it. That's good. Um, so, uh, I have lots of questions. Okay. But before we talk about the questions, you've been kind of itching to self-promote. So let's self-promote. Let's talk. Let's talk about what you do. Um, so me, being the owner of DH Media, would like to introduce you to the owner of KD Media, <laughs> Kevin David Murphy. Mm-hmm. Hi. Kevin, once again. Hi, Jesse. What do you do? I. <laughs> Who embroiders your shirts? Um, this is done by a printing press where I live in Hanover, Ontario. I designed this logo myself, and they um, make the shirt for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be updating it for next year so it matches my new card. You know what? That's a. Can I see the card? Of course. It's a very. You should um, probably make the the uh, the K at least on the shirts the KDM a little bit thicker. That's very thin. It, um, it is a pretty thin font, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I Kevin, usually go with Helvetica for my fonts in my videos. Yeah. Kevin D. Murphy, videographer. Uh, KDMediaServices.ca is that the same website that we've talked about, or is it upgraded? Upgraded. Upgraded. What'd you do, Kevin? Kevin, can we talk about it? I think we can. That's okay. Yeah. Because even you were mad about it. Kevin had a horrible website, and he knew it. You yeah. knew it. Oh, yeah. We couldn't contact from the website. This sounds like a Frono's photo like website review. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a horrible website. <laughs> and I agree. I mean, I had little creative control, and finally I... But somebody designed it for you, right? Yes, and I was... eventually I got a call from my sister's best friend who who her and her fiance they were into graphic design so they wanted to design for me a newer and better website one that would be easier for me to contact my clients and vice versa and show more variety of my work and one I could actually customize add new stuff as I go along like wedding teasers and real estate so an actual website yeah, it's an actual <laughs> website. That's what I wanted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a look. I'm happy that you did that. Um, mm-hmm. And you have your own proper domain, and you have your own, uh, you have your own website, which is nice. Your mm-hmm. phone number. Um, so, video production. Yep. What type of video production? Well, I mainly specialize in wedding films. Yeah, but you say weddings underneath. Oh, is it video production encapsulating weddings, events, real estate, and corporate? Is that, okay. Yeah. So I'm let's sorry. talk. Let's talk KD weddings first. Okay. Um, basically, what I do is that I take more of a low key approach. I used to work for a company. You, a seven foot tall giant, take a low key approach. <laughs> to be fair, I'm six foot five. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've noticed that in the big cities, especially Toronto, people seem to think that wedding videography is just. You can only have it if you're super rich or whatnot. And 
I never believe that. I believe that if you're getting married, you're entitled to have whatever you want in your wedding. That's why my packages are a bit more affordable, they're more relatable, and I try to make sure everyone's wedding video is theirs and not a carbon copy of someone else's. That's that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest problems that we have, mm -hmm. and it, it's worth it's worth mentioning as well, is you you want affordable wedding packages mm -hmm. for the for the end consumer, but on your end, are they sustainable wedding packages? Like, can you grow a business where eventually you can live off of it? Because that's what we're having issues with right now. We're having growing pains. Honest to God, major growing pains. Mm -hmm. Well, for me right now, it's small. Like, this is my second full year with KD Media. And I have a day job with Canada Post. Right. And that puts a good amount of bread on the table. Like, that puts up about, at least right now, I'd say about 70% of my earnings for a year. And KD Media makes up the other 30%. Yeah, when so, I was when I was doing baby photos and people would always ask me what else I did, I would say, I have a wedding photography company. And they're like, oh, you must be busy. I'm like, yeah. You, it, it's hard to say that the weddings are my bread and butter or the babies are my bread and butter. So I say the weddings are my bread, the babies are the butter, and I could do with either or, but they work better together. In my case, Canada Post is my bread and KD Media is the jelly. Okay, so not a butter person, but that's good. You're staying away from the, from the uh, oily fats. A little bit healthier, yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, so weddings—that's awesome. Events. What type of events? Um, actually, I filmed one last week. I filmed uh, my hometown's uh, Remembrance Day service. You yeah. know, you know that uh, back in college, we'd get in trouble for saying that because you're not shooting film, Kevin. You're not filming no. events. That... Thank you for reminding me. I people understand yes. it though. Of course. Yeah, so I recorded uh, the Remembrance Day service. I was on one camera, and my assistant was on the other. And was that a, like a... It was a charitable event, because... But what charity, like what charity... Well, it wasn't, I was more, I'm more donating it to my hometown's legion. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't believe in, uh, I didn't want to do this for money, just because, well, I had family that served... Mm -hmm. In the Canadian military, my great grandfather served on the front lines in Europe during the First World War, and my uncle served in Afghanistan. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's fair. Did you pay your assistant? Yes, I did. Okay, good job. That's always important. Yeah. And real estate. What does KD Media offer in terms of real estate? We're just going through the list to get to the good stuff after. For real estate, if I'm using just my drone. Yeah. I am uh, I charge $100. If I'm doing just a virtual house tour, I'm doing it for $150. The virtual house tour that's handheld. Handheld. Using what? I use my Zygon crane and sometimes my Cameron tri Manfredo tripod, sorry. Got okay. mixed up for a second. We've we've looked at your stuff. Uh-huh. At least on the the old website. Mhm. Mm and but if I'm doing both, and that's especially apparent with uh, farms, I do it for a price of just two hundred dollars. That's fairly that's fair. And then for that, do you contact real estate agencies? How does that right. work? Like, yeah, I contact them, or they'll contact me. 
Like I did, which is more common. Do you con- they do you contact me? They contact you. That's good. That's mm-hmm. you always want people coming to you. Mm-hmm. You never want to because I have a few people that's really a few agents that really really like my stuff. So they're always calling me, Kevin. Can you film this property? Kevin, can you film that property? And usually, if these agents have multiple properties to film for me in a single day, like if they've got five or more properties to film for me in a day. I give them a 20% discount. Does that happen happen often? That has happened just once so far. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was a good day. You still That made... was a very good day. It was up in Wyerton, Ontario. Do you know where that is? Yep. Uh-huh. It was a bit of a mixed day because sometimes it was really sunny, it was really clear, but the next minute it was raining buckets and I can't fly in the rain. Oh, of course not. So what did you have to wait? Sometimes I'd have to wait, or sometimes we just have to reschedule. Like, there was one property, it was so cloudy at the time that um, when I was finished editing, this isn't going to work. And I just contacted my client and said, uh, is it possible for me to go back to this property and film it again? And it was just the drone stuff. So, and he said, sure. And I re-recorded it, and it looked great. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing with the drone stuff is if it is a bit of a hazy day or like it's not very clear out, obviously the further you are away from your subject, the more atmospheric conditions are in the way. Like you can get sort of a, a fog between oh, yeah. you and the subject. So like what altitude do you tend to shoot at, at as your max altitude when you're doing these kind of shoots? Uh, it really all depends. If I'm shooting just say a house or something, then usually I'm only going to be flying at about... Um, 40 to 50 meters above the ground. Okay, so that's not too much atmosphere to get no. in your way. But if I'm, but if it's land I'm filming, like, because a lot of farmers, they really want to show off how many acres they have. Mm-hmm. I go sometimes almost double that height. Right. Just to sh- fully show off how much land they want to sell. Does the original, because um, you have a, a DJI Phantom, does the original Phantom have a height limiter? Because I know that... Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mine can fly about as high as 120 meters. Okay, yeah. Th- that's the same one that comes built into the, the Mavic mm-hmm. Pro, because that's what we use uh-huh. predominantly. And if I fly... Um, one time when I was filming a property um, about six months ago, I was filming land, and he, the owner wanted me to film pretty far out. And the thing is... If you fly past 200 meters, the drone will automatically turn around. 200 meters away from? Yeah, 200 meters horizontally. Really? Uh-huh. I yeah, mean... it'll just boomerang and, right back to And you. that's with the full-size controller and everything? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure Because they... the signal will... Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Eric. No problem. Yeah, the signal will get lost, so it'll use... A return feature to get back to its signal. I I didn't know that it was limited that way. I, I know for a fact that the Phantoms and, and most of the stuff now, if you're using this full size controller, some of them can go about two point six kilometers mm-hmm. away from the actual source, which is quite a yeah. bit further. Well, depending on what you're doing, you still want to keep your drone within close range to, to of course yourself. legally you need to have it within line of sight. Uh-huh. When you're working with it, of course. But mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I haven't had any line of sight just so... Because some property owners do own pieces of forest. Mm-hmm. So sometimes my vision is blocked by the trees. 
Yeah, that can definitely happen. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't help with signal at all to have something blocking you either. So, mm -hmm. But the return to home function is quite handy. Oh, it's a lifesaver sometimes. <laughs> I've had to use it a couple of times just when it's getting tricky to see and I don't feel comfortable navigating it. No, because you can't necessarily tell the orientation all the time. You, If you go to fly, you might fly further away accidentally. So uh -huh. return to home is quite useful in those cases. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, I like using the drone. We've mostly done we've done a lot of recreational stuff, but it has been incorporated into like we did a, a music video for a local band, and, and in weddings occasionally we get to pull it out. Not all the time, but yeah. it is yeah. fun. Almost all my weddings so far I've filmed have used the drone for one way or another. Like the one I just showed you before we got on the show, that that couple was really flexible, mm -hmm. so I was able to find the time to get that killer shot I showed you. Do you find that the your couples tend to request the drone or you just bring it and use it for what you need to do? Uh, couples usually request it, but even if they don't want to use it, I might bring it along just in case, just to get some good scenery. Because mm -hmm. all my brides this year, they've all had outdoor venues. So I've just used the drone to get some nice bird's eye view shots. Yeah, some good establishing shots or whatever uh -huh. whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. That's good. It, I guess we have a pretty healthy mix. I, I'd say most of our stuff that we shoot tends to actually be indoors, at least in recent times. But the outdoor situations, it would be nice to incorporate the uh -huh. drone a bit, little, little yeah. bit more. Thus far, I've filmed six weddings with Katie, with my business, Katie Media, and only one of them has been a church wedding. Okay. All the others have been outdoors. Really? Yeah. I, I like the outdoor ones, especially because I, I mostly do photography, less mm -hmm. so the videography, and yeah. being able to maneuver around and not get in anybody's way due to the, the yeah. space of outside. But at the same excellent. time, from a videographer's standpoint, an outdoor wedding can be a risk. Would you agree, Jesse? There are certain aspects um, of outdoor weddings that mm -hmm. can be problematic. Sound is always an issue. Oh, yeah. If it's a windy day, like, there can be issues. But. I, one wedding I filmed this year, um, the groom wasn't able to get his mic on. And because of that, the audio, while not completely terrible, um, wasn't as good as it should have been. And was that the one that you had said apologized after for missing the... Yes. Okay. Because that's that's the thing, right? We we had a similar situation, not outside, where the groom's uh, suit was too tight, mm -hmm. and there was just no room for like even the even the lav box. So we he said, "Don't worry about it." And as long as we get the verbal cue, because they sign a contract saying that we put the microphones on them for sound quality, mm -hmm. and if they deny it, that's fine. Yeah but they deny it knowing that the sound may not be as good. So as long as they're uh -huh. the ones that deny it and they deny it willingly, that's fine. Yeah, I always request, like on my contracts, I say, is the groom okay with wearing this? And I also put a disclaimer that, just remember that if you don't want to put it on and it's, and it's an outdoor wedding and it's windy, it's not going to sound the best. The, uh, the other downsides to outdoor weddings when we're shooting videos, how quickly the... Obviously, the outdoor. Oh yeah, the outdoor uh, light can change. Yes. So for backup cameras, it's issue. It's an issue. You never know right when a dark, when a when a literal dark cloud will show up and screw over what should be your most important shot. Yes, I I suppose if you're using something on a tripod, it might be in your best interest to set like an auto ISO or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then of course you lose the control of using full manual settings, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's that, true. That is a screw. Yeah. But thankfully, we've never really been burnt. We got burnt a little bit with sound. Sometimes that's that's the issue. That's the issue that I've had for years is who do you trust 
for sound. You trust your videographer for sound, but I can't always trust a musician. Uh, we Justin and I did a wedding, and the musician was playing music, obviously. She's playing guitar. She's like, do you want to plug in? I'm like, no, I don't want to plug in. I don't know you. I don't trust that it's that your system works. I don't trust that you're not going to do something. And I'm glad I didn't trust her because the speaker and the sound system actually didn't really work. So even if I was plugged in, it would have been all, you know, strum, 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 like just cutting in and out. And that was good, but also at the same time, because her stuff didn't work, it didn't exactly translate well to the video either. No. So Mm -hmm. it's difficult, but it's all all about the bride and the groom. Yeah, and sometimes it can just come down to luck. Yeah. Even if you work with a, a DJ that you trust, I mean, sometimes, sometimes things just are... Sometimes it can be problematic. And, and it, come, it could be just a compatibility issue, not necessarily that anybody's doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard to get it all set up. Sound. How do you do your sound setup? Uh, for me? Like a normal ceremony. Normal ceremony. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say outside just for, just for being... Just because that's what the odds have been. Yeah. Normally for a ceremony... All sound inputs. What's what's your wedding? How many sound inputs? Just the groom on his lav. Okay. That's it. Because that's where the most important audio is coming from. Him, and because the bride's only a few inches and the minister's only a few inches away from him, that's the sound that matters. You don't think that maybe like a shotgun mic on top of your camera would be good for like, say, the wedding party having a funny conversation you might Do want to use shotgun mics on the later. top of your camera i don't have a shotgun mic yet but I'm, it's on my list for next year okay. but most of my sound does come from my b camera with my rx10 mach 2 and my assistant he's the one who operates the lavalier okay well i operate um my camera my a6300 because i'm moving around a lot more i'm either on my crane following the bride up or following the bride and the groom down or I'm on my tripod filming them in the center hmm. what kind of lenses do you use with your e6300 um I use a variety of lenses I use about four I've got um a 50 mil which I use mainly for my ceremonies and for reception speeches that's so, Sony's f18 right mm-hmm. yeah okay. just so I can keep a, b- a bit of a distance and I also use, when I'm doing real estate, I've got a 19 mil. 19, that's a, it's a prime lens? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know which one that is. Yeah. I use that one for real estate just because I need my widest shots possible. Mm-hmm. And I've also got a 30 mil and I believe a uh, nine, another 19 mil. Another 19. Which I use as a backup. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The camera didn't come with like a kit lens, like a 16 to 50 or anything like that? I don't it came with a 30. came with a 30. Okay. Yeah, they, they had a couple different options on the Sonys for what you get. With the, yeah, the I use my 30 mil usually um, during uh, the morning prep and uh, the after ceremony activities, like when I'm uh, interviewing uh, the bridal party and whatnot, them giving their best wishes and best advice. And in the future, I plan to use it also for interviews. Mm-hmm. Are you considering, because this is a question that like every photographer <laughs> and videographer gets at some point if they're shooting with something that's crop sensor, are you considering switching to full frame for any reason in the future? It's, I'm not sure yet. It's something I'm definitely going to have to think about. 
Because like the A7 cameras all in all are, are fairly great. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's drawbacks to every camera, but well, yeah. they're, they're pretty good. I mean, and they won't be compatible with all of your lenses, unfortunately, no. but they give you a lot of good videography tools, a little bit more rolling shutter, certain drawbacks like that. Mm -hmm. Great low light capabilities on a lot of the, on the A7S series especially. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but but yeah, no, I, I think that's a good enough answer. Yeah. The, crop, the crop sensor cameras tend to be great for video. I think a lot more videographers stay with something that's crop sensor as opposed to just bothering to go full frames. It doesn't necessarily scale up to all the advantages you could want. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you, I mean, we're talking, we're talking about the video side of things. Uh, when you get a bride and groom that are looking for video and they're looking for a photographer, how do you go about that? Do you ever see yourself hiring a photographer? Because it's always better to do it under one. Me? Uh, I've had that question asked a few times at at some bridal shows, people have asked me if I do photography too. I, I say, I'm not doing photography yet. I hope to get into it within a year or two. Okay. But right now, I'm sticking with video just because... It's what you know. It's what I know best. But like about two weeks ago, I had an old friend who was looking for a photographer and he contacted me and I t had to correct him and say, I'm a videographer, but I know a long list of photographers that I've worked with that can help you. I think it's a, it's a natural progression. When we started the first year, it was just video and that was fine, but it was kind of I mean, it was just video only in the sense that that's what was hired and the company name wasn't around. And mm -hmm. then when it became video and photo, it was a learning curve. But now I love doing both. And I always mm -hmm. love going out and taking photos of beaches and stuff like that. Yeah. But one of my favorite photo and video places is Eugenia Lake. You know where that is? I do not. It's a huge man-made lake. Um, south of Owen Sound. Okay. Just past the village of Flesherton. It's... Fleshington. Flesherton. Oh, Flesherton. Home of probably the best baked goods ever. And yes, you can count that as advertising. Okay. But yeah. Um, sometimes when I've got nothing to do and it's either a nice summer day or nice day, any day, I just go out to the lake and I film. I get my drone up. Maybe I'll get a nice... Oh, you've posted those to Facebook then. Yeah, They're one seen... shot of the lake. And my favorite shots to get on this lake are when I fly low. Like a bird f flying across the water. Yeah, it's a fun one. Mm -hmm. I, I, we don't have a whole lot of those shots just because we've stayed away from the water a little bit with a drone. But but yeah, the risks are not, that, not as high as they yeah. used to be, I'd say. But I usually film in wide open space like i tell the real estate agents that want to hire me that if you want me to use my drone it is best to, to make sure it's in a wide open area mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna do one say in downtown st Catharines or downtown owen sound or anything like that just no. because you're literally sending my drone to the grave yeah okay you mentioned the drone so now's the perfect time to segue into my first question, and then all the other questions that I have. Eric, I haven't shared the questions with, but I'm sure he'll chime in. Question number one, and one of the biggest issues I have. You said you have drone insurance through a company. Yes. That local company. Yes. And is that just specifically drone insurance? No, or do it's you for have, all my equipment. So, you, so is it just liabilities? It, it's liability insurance so, on my equipment. So 
just not just my drone, my cameras, my tripods, my my editing software. So is it a one million coverage? Like what? What's the what's the coverage? I have to double check on the numbers. I'm sorry, Jesse. Oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I was just curious because there's. It used to be that a lot of companies that would insure photography companies specifically didn't cover aerial photography. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of moved away from that, but I haven't found mm-hmm. the proper insurance company to... I think it might be making a comeback where insurance companies might have specific plans for that. Because it is a thing that's here to stay in the industry and yes. lots of people have drones, but mm-hmm. maybe they're a little bit skitt- less skittish of them at this point. I'd it's say. one of the things that I'm going to be doing in the next few weeks, finding a, mm-hmm. finding a new insurance company for the, the DH media people. Should mm-hmm. you operate fully within the laws that already exist, like how high you can fly in certain airspaces regarding, you know, the, the local airports and things like that, and you yeah. keep it within line of sight, and all the and you have the right coverage, and you have you're not flying near, you know, private property of certain yeah. types or all that. Like I have to make sure, like I talk to my clients, be it both brides and real estate agents, like wherever you're getting married, and you want if you want me to use this drone, it can't be anywhere too close to an airport. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that it that if it's for real estate, that the owners of the property are okay with it, mm-hmm. and that I also need to know how far the property stretches, so I'm not flying onto someone else's land and they're asking one million questions for their neighbor. It all makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You, Kevin Murphy, mm-hmm. are a a man of many things. And you're a, you're a mythical man to some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, we still quote you quite a bit. Oh, wait, quote just the good stuff. No, oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. Everybody knows. In fact, Eric is well aware of your fond appreciation of Irish Spring. <laughs> Heard of this? Um, <laughs> what was I thinking when I posted that? So just stuff like that and whatnot. But a lot of people don't. Don't take you for who you are. Mm-hmm. They they see you as somebody that we went to school with. It's unbelievable that eight years ago we started school. It's unbelievable unbelievable that five years ago we finished school. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. So what I want to do today is I just want to talk to you because I don't know a lot about you. I know you, mm-hmm. and we've known each other for a long time, but I don't know we've a lot about you. We've been friends for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Did you always grow up in Walkerton? Yeah, for the most part. And what was that like? Uh, it was basically your small town life. You yeah. wake up, you go to school, you catch the bus. Okay, but then what? The, like, what, what? What was the? What was school like? Like, you're you're a creative person. You're a mm-hmm. film person. So you might have had different experiences than me. But I didn't always fit in uh-huh. in school. Well, for me, it was near impossible for me to fit in because I had AS, uh, a.k.a. Asperger's Syndrome. You say that in the past tense. You still have it. Right? I, yes, I, yeah, still, I, I still have it. I mean, it's going to go with me till my okay. grave. But... Okay. I wasn't sure if we were allowed to talk about it because that's, that's a big thing nowadays still, yeah. obviously. So you... what? Well, when you went to school, were you always a film person? Yeah, I started out with it like... Um, like I was always interested in movies and whatnot. I was big. I still have faint memories of when my parents took me to see The Lion King, my first movie ever in theaters, and it was even for someone who was three years old, it was just jaw dropping. Like, 
I love this so much, I just want to get into it in some way. So you decided to go filmmaking instead of animation. That makes sense. Well, not just <laughs> that, but I was also big into animation. Like, I would always sit back and watch the behind-the-scenes making of, oh, of just to realize just how much effort goes into it. Because what looks like 90 minutes on film doesn't mean it took... 90 minutes to make oh no like fun fact um disney executives thought the lion king would be a massive flop and a lot of them put their bets on pocahontas yeah to be the next big hit which is ironic because one movie only did okay with critics and the box office while another film did a lot better and the lion king was that film that did a lot better yeah. Highest grossing animated movie of all time for a long time. Uh -huh. Probably the movie I've watched most of my life because as a kid I would pr probably put it on like every day. For yeah, you know what? There was a lot of VHS year. repeats. But what was your favorite Disney film, Jesse? Growing up, my favorite Both Dis growing up and as an adult. Okay. So growing up, my favorite Disney movie it would have been a would have been a tie between Aladdin and The Lion King. That's fair. A lot of kids would say the same thing and of course next year they're both being remade yeah they're both live action-esque and to as an adult now disney is an adult okay so it has to be disney canon no pixar okay no pixar but it has to be disney it has to have walt disney studios logo on it yes. right okay so if i had to pick the disney movie that i watch most Mm -hmm. As an adult, yeah. the Santa Claus. Really? Oh. And what about you, Eric? I watch okay. it at least once a year. Fair enough. Right? When's, I can't remember the last time I put on The Lion King. Fair enough. I guess I haven't watched The Lion King in a long time. As, as a kid, and it kind of, it's sad that the, I can't pick a Pixar one too because it was The Lion King and mm -hmm. Toy well, Story. Well, Toy Story, of course. Toy yeah. Story was the one that I probably watched a lot of too. Eh, I, Pocahontas was pretty good. I don't know. I, I can't think of the, well, maybe the second. Well, I think Pocahontas was good. Visually, it was good. Yeah. Musically, it was great. Right. But in terms of character and story, um, it wasn't as good because I felt the tone was always. It's like they were trying to be this epic adult film, but at the same time, it's still a Disney film. Mm -hmm. It couldn't decide no. which one it wanted to be. Whereas with The Lion King, it was able to keep a good balance between the two. It's fair. And as far as being an adult, I don't know. So when when did Pixar and, and Disney films sort of come, come together? In? Yeah. Because I don't know where the line is on that. There's definitely a couple. Yeah. I, I love Up. Up is amazing, but I don't know. If, was yeah. that a Disney thing or is it still just That's Pixar? Pi that was Pixar. That's just Pixar. Like, like where... If it's made by Pixar Animation Studios, Doesn't it's count. a Pixar film. All right. But Dis see, that's that's where you draw the line because Disney, for all purposes, owns Pixar. Yeah, yeah, it's got that like, feel to it. For me, as a kid, it was The Lion King. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, it's now Fantasia. Fantasia, okay. okay. Which has kind of been swept under the a lot of the old Disney classics have been kind of swept on, under the rug in favor of the new ones, such as Frozen, Big Hero Six, Zootopia. I did love Zootopia. Oh, Zootopia was great. So, I I love Zootopia too, but. I just find the older Disney films just connect with me more. I just, I think the answer was kind of loaded because I'm sure if I put in, maybe maybe tonight I'll watch Aladdin. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched Aladdin. Mm -hmm. But you said, what's the favorite one recent as an adult? And honestly, 
the last Disney movie I watched was probably the Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. I don't sit down. I think to sit down by myself and watch The Lion King, that's okay. I can't see myself sitting down. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. It's it's hard. It'll be interesting when we have kids because then just showing them. You get to rewatch a lot. You're just showing them all that. That's that's great. but no, it would have to be the Santa Claus. Cause... Yeah, like you realize that stuff like this, it still lasts with us to this day and we want it to last for our children. Like, I grew up watching Looney Tunes with my dad. And my dad grew up watching Looney Tunes with my grandpa. And my grandpa would sometimes go to the movies with my great-grandpa to watch the Looney Tunes uh, war cartoons that were ma- being made during that time. Mm-hmm. Including the extremely offensive ones against the Japanese. Yeah, there is a hate. Uh, there is a history of racial. Yes. To be fair, they had good reason. Um, but going back to where we were talking about with uh, me growing up or something. Well, I just it's some people, and I I haven't dealt. I don't know a lot of people um, that have. Aspergers. Uh, I mean, I do know quite a few people, but not as one, not as many that have been as open and candid about you as you have about it. About it. Like I've come, like I. So growing up, I never understood why I was different. It wasn't until high school that they outright told me what I have. But there must have been some major difficulties. Oh in, yeah, like, there were major school. difficulties. Like, like, because you're not stupid. You're very oh, smart. So I, then I, where, where did the difficulties come? I, all the, depending on the subjects, I was never good at stuff like English. And uh, I was horrible at French and certain sciences. But I was really good at stuff like uh, math and history. That's where I was just so focused and in the game. But that's, that's a good thing to be focused on. I think anybody who's focused on math shouldn't have an issue. No. Sorry, no. your son is too... Fo- were you good at math? I was good at okay. math. Because if you're focused on math, but you're not good at it, that's a different story. That was the one subject I was best at. What about drama or anything like that? I did drama in high school. That's actually where I sort of opened up and gotten... Um, started communicating better. Because I did have friends before that, like my best buddy Matt and Jeff. Best buddies, Matt and Jeff. Yeah, we. T- but when I was in high school, I gave drama a shot, and it was a- I was able to communicate more with other people. Like my f- the first play I was in, I was in uh, A King and I. Okay. And I played uh, the captain who escorted Miss Anna to Singapore. Okay. Or was it Thailand? Or whatever, <laughs> Siam. Escorted her to Siam. And then after that, I was in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Nice. And then Fiddler on the Roof. Were these singing roles? Are you a singer? Yes, I did a little singing in that play. Are you a good singer? Uh, okay. That's better than me, but that's okay. I I played uh, the innkeeper in Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was also one of the understudies for the lead, Tevier. Did you ever have to go on for him? Or? Uh, no, no, I didn't have to go on for him, but sometimes I would practice with the guy who was playing Tevier, just so he'd so be ready for his role, I'd be ready for yeah. my role. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when, when you hit high school and you they told you, mm-hmm. did it change things? Like Because 
it's well, a part it's, of you. Yeah, it was something that I realized that I would have to live with for the rest of my life. But I realized that if I just tried my best and focused on what I knew, I knew I wouldn't totally fail. And you haven't by any means, no. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when you look at it, because like, what do you what do you say? And this doesn't have to be Asperger's related. But mm-hmm. what do you say would be your greatest weakness because of it? Is it communication, or is there something else that? I think it's sometimes it comes down to communicating with people I've never met before. Like if it's someone who's I outright meet and wants to talk to me. for a while if it's something simple like asking for directions or asking for the time that's no problem but if it's someone like sometimes when i'm at bridal shows i was i was gonna because that's that's where you meet a lot of people my mom actually comes and helps me because she is a very good talker i'm a good the way i see it she's good at selling a sword i'm much better at making a sword because I have my best way of talking is showing couples what I've got either on my booth desk like this. Can I see the USB? Oh, of yeah. course. I, I like the wooden design of it, especially with the the magnet inside, because it he, let's sort of closes itself. Mm-hmm. And what did you say? The weird flash bay. A flash bay. They're well, nice. Yeah. We have uh, some metal ones that we got to go through, but we—that's—that's that's another thing that we're we're going through mm-hmm. is. I like w- the wooden design a lot. I like more. the wooden design, but USBs. I think we'll always give them out, uh-huh. but like we we can now deliver everything digitally if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. But we're using that as a as a money maker. It's nice. Mm-hmm. People like having a physical yeah. representation. Yeah, of and I also uh, disc uh, my short films that I make for my couples. Like here's the cover for one of them. Is is the standard. To give a disc is is that the baseline or like they have to ask for it? The, I give it to them. Okay. Is it purposely supposed to be a heart? Uh, yep. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I usually go with the color what what their favorite color was for like for Danielle and Chris there it's uh, hot pink, <laughs> or for Katie and James here it's uh, turquoise. What type of disc do you use? Do you use just a blank white writable DVD or? Yeah, and then I uh, design a cover for them. And then how do you print it? I have my print shop who um, designed my shirts do it for me. So are they printing on the disc or are they printing labels? They're printing labels. Okay. Have you ever had any brides and grooms have issues with them at all? Not yet. <laughs> That's a very good candid answer. I always get afraid. I, we give, we do give out DVDs. We just give out white blank DVDs. We could actually print the label itself on mm-hmm. the DVD, but I, I, I get too afraid about putting a sticker on a DVD mm-hmm. and then putting it in a DVD player and having it. Yeah. spin around it's just an extra well, weight yeah i was always good at designing in, in high school and also a bit of work and i was really good at organization so then when a bride and groom get one of these the photo that's on the on the cover is that your photo or do that's you get mine. A, oh, that's your photo is that a screenshot or do you that's, take a photo that's of a them? screenshot from uh video that's katie and james that's actually the one that power launched katie media so the screenshot, I mean, is a perfectly usable thing for such a small oh, yeah. image. So if you're using shooting mm-hmm. in 1080p, I guess the only thing you suffer on a little bit is dynamic range, not yeah, the same a as bit. a photograph. But still, as long as it's mm-hmm. not Yeah, that bad. Katie and James was filmed in Concordon, Ontario, and it was a great, perfect day. Literally nothing on the water, wrong. right? Oh, yeah. And Katie and James actually told me that I was the best part of their wedding. Really? I, I couldn't believe it. 
it's it's very interesting that some of the couples have really sort of like paraded us around in, in some cases and it makes you feel like a little bit like a celebrity i mean mm -hmm. as a we got invited to a new year's eve party yeah oh really and, and and as somebody that's providing a service you don't really want to be that forefront character you want to sort of slip into the background if you can but it, it happens mm -hmm. and it feels pretty good i guess yeah. when it does <laughs> the uh I wonder, I want to know what it's like to make those wooden USBs because it really looks seamlessly sort of shrouded in there. I'm assuming from the looks of it. Doesn't it does it clip together? No. Yeah. Those magnets. Well, the magnet is just magnetized to the to the metal, yeah. obviously. The, mm -hmm. from the looks of it, the... You know, if, if I bought one of those, I'd have to break one open just to see. How they, yeah. How how much of that well, actual space? Well, don't is break that out. one open. No, no, but because I, I bet you it probably doesn't even take up the full length. It's probably a little bit longer than it needs to be just to mm -hmm. keep a certain shape. But yeah, yeah, this very clearly is a USB. It's yes. a fancy USB. Uh -huh. It's it got a nice weight to it. Yeah, and usually I sticker them uh, with little labels for the couple, mm -hmm. just so they know it's theirs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where do you put the label? The sticker. Usually yeah. on the other side. Usually I put it on one side so the. Logo isn't blocked but you cover your logo. I'm not, not covering it on some both, both sides. Some both sides. It's fair enough. Did it cost extra to get it on both sides? Uh, no. Didn't. Okay, good. Because if it did, and then then you cover it, that's kind of silly. So uh -huh. why? What made you decide to go to Niagara? Well, because um, that's a drive. I was very conflicted. By the time I got to grade eleven, I was conflict. I still yeah, wasn't. Because you didn't go right to right to college right away, right? You waited. No, you yeah. took. Well, let I, me see I if I remember. Pre media, here. and then you took pre media well, as well, right? Originally, I did get into broadcasting. Okay, I'll let you explain it. Yeah. I don't remember. I got into broadcasting, but I failed the first term. That's right. I said I failed my first term of college, so I before me before like, you, and then I went down to pre media. And I took everything I could, studied really hard. What did and you I... fail? Like in the first year? Radio. Oh, well, that's okay. I almost failed it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm open. I'm, I sucked at radio, believe it or not. I had a good voice, but I And wasn't... yet we both had a show together. Yeah, and it sounded horrible most of the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, after that, um, I went down to pre-media and studied really hard, and I eventually got back in. I actually got 100 in one of the courses. Um, it was the one, I can't remember which course it was, but in that course, I had to do a presentation on a form of media, and I chose propaganda. Okay. I presented a Same. Donald Duck cartoon from World War II that detailed uh, what life is like for a Nazi. Wow. And it turns out Donald Duck was just having a dream. And he wakes up in his very patriotic American bedroom, <laughs> and he just kisses the Statue of Liberty, just so grateful that he's a U.S. citizen. It, it's actually interesting because at the same time, I was watching a Russian cartoon made around the same time, and the way the Soviet Union made their cartoons is very different. Like, they were a lot darker, they were a lot tougher. The way they portrayed the Nazis, they portrayed them literally as pigs in their cartoons because that's what they usually call them fascist pigs right i feel like i get a bit of enjoyment out of going back and watching some of that kind of stuff oh yeah see where the culture oh, yeah. it's was interesting at. because in disney's case um if they didn't make those cartoons i would have gone bankrupt hmm. well it's it's interesting to go back 
and watch anything. Like they used to make infomercials on pedophiles. Not infomercials, yeah. but like the, the docudramas about pedophiles and stuff like that. Or, you know, gay people. They'd be like, he is probably they gay. usually mix the two you together. You got a gay. Yeah. So very, very interesting the way that things used to be portrayed. And I'm sure 50 uh-huh. years from now, people will be like, well, it was very interesting the way they but portrayed yeah, things. After I uh, got my, my uh, stripes back in pre-media... The following year, I was welcomed back into broadcasting. And, and then that was, she so took pre-media 2009, 2010, and then broadcasting started up again in 2010? Yes. Okay. Then 2010, I was welcomed back into broadcasting and uh, met you and the rest of the gang. And then schooling for you, I went film. Uh-huh. Kevin went uh, television production, mm-hmm. so we had... We had a little bit of time together. We actually didn't have too too many classes together. No. We did. Uh, we had Lestraco together. Yeah, we had Lestraco. Mm-hmm. We also had the Twan. Right. And then we kind of went separate ways. He did his TV stuff. I did my film. Uh-huh. Uh, so after you graduated mm-hmm. and you graduated, graduated on time with me so you didn't have issues so obviously the pre-media helped right you did it did it, it helped me immensely and you're you passed and that was good so what did you do right after college because i right I was, after college i was in a bit of uh blank identity really i wasn't sure exactly what i was supposed to be doing i was looking for a job endlessly okay and I got a few small part-time jobs looking for job and looking for stuff in Toronto. And then eventually I got an answer off of Kijijian for a guy who was looking for an assistant. His name is Craig Schuldice. And he became Schuldice Media. And he became something of of the Yoda to my Luke Skywalker, if okay. I may. Where I mostly he's the one who really got me interested into weddings. So I helped him edit that and other corporate stuff. And then he, eventually he gave me a recommendation for Princess Cruises, which I'm sure you were going to ask me about. I, you, as I said before, you did something that I've always dreamed of doing. And I know that it didn't work out, but it's really impressive that you went. Kevin went to go work as a videographer on a cruise ship. So how did... How, you told me not to talk about it last time, two years ago, but I, I just want to know. So you I'm got cool it. I'm cool with it now. Okay. So what was the process like? Well... You were referred to Princess Cruises. Yes. So what was the interview process like? They interviewed me over the phone. Over the phone. And just was honest and truthful about everything, and eventually... What was the pay like? I can't remember, really. Was it, it was it it was good well it wasn't a whole lot but then again I didn't need to spend a whole lot since they were providing me with the free a cabin and, board. and free yeah. food so I didn't have to worry about stuff like groceries or gas or anything like that okay so they one phone interview mm-hmm. and then they said what show up at this airport and they pro- provided me with a ticket and a f- and a hotel room so I boarded a flight to Aruba nice yep stayed the night on the island and then boarded the ship the following morning was that nerve was that nerve-wracking because i i bet you they weren't it's difficult going into a new job here but to have to fly to a different country and then get on this giant ship Mm -hmm. yeah because i had never sailed 
<laughs> like this before in my life. I mean, I went on my uncle's uh, sailboat a few times when I was a kid. But Betcha that's a big. That's a big difference. It's a bit. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, everyone was behind me. My family, my friends. So there was a, a great sense of pressure because. So, so when you went, they were obviously embarking that day. Yeah, they were. So what was the training like on the ship? Well, I had to be trained in more than just video production. Of course. I, had, I had to be trained as a sailor. Yep. I had to go through muster drills, everything. That I was really good at because I was really good at taking and giving direction. Because you, you're a videographer, but you're also, if something if something were to go wrong, you're in charge of, well, you're not in charge, but you're, yes. you're told to make sure that the passengers yeah. are safe. In those situations... You're not a videographer, you're not a cook, you're not a, a blackjack dealer, you're a sailor full-time mm -hmm. in those situations. So how what was the training like? Was it just the first day or was it like... Was oh, there... no, it was... We had to go through it. Usually we'd have to go through drills once every two weeks. And also at the start of every voyage, we would have to lead the passengers through oh, yeah. the and safety that's, drills because they got to know this stuff too yeah I've otherwise done there's it. no point in them getting on the ships i've done it many times they before they disembark they everybody has to line up at their their stations that they're supposed to and if you don't show up for the drill they're going to publicly call your name on the intercom yeah they do they're pretty and good it's about shaming and i imagine for them it's humiliating mm -hmm. well, nobody and knows. i just go under my roll my eyes and say well they're lost so then after that, as ship videographer, what, what did your... I'm assuming your entire duration, nothing went wrong. You didn't ever have to be a sailor, right? No, nothing ever went wrong. We never hit an iceberg. Pirates never attacked the ship. Well, well pirates never actually attacked the ship. We, sometimes we'd have to dress up as pirates for, for show night. Okay. So since you never had to be a sailor, what did a... What did a, a I was a sailor, but I wasn't... Didn't have to you go into the emergency. You never had to do the drills. active, the active role of sailor. What was a weekly life like for a cruise ship videographer? Uh, basically, the procedure was get up, have breakfast, film the events on the ship. I had to film the events because when we reached Alaska, they would only let American videographers film on ground. Oh, because you you went on you went on excursions with people too. Yeah, right? yeah. When I was, See, that um, would have been so badass. That would be really to be cool. Paid to yeah. go. Yeah, like I, I remember going on excursions in Colombia, and that was so much fun. Like, and also on the islands like Jamaica, Costa Rica. So you saw a lot. I saw a lot of Central America, but I was also really upset when it ended because I was so looking forward to seeing Machu Picchu. Um, so you you. You do the excursions, and then do you document the shows at night or something like yeah. that? Usually, there were two of us, me and a senior. Um, because of the situation, the legal situation, I would document the stuff on the ship. He'd document the excursions. Because so of the legal I, situation. Huh? Because of the legal situation. Well, I wasn't... the Only the Americans were allowed to film on Alaska oh, right. soil. Okay. really... I was really disappointed about because... There, was, there were also train excursions to the Yukon. Ooh. And I was asking, is there any way I could film these train excursions when we dock in the Yukon? They said, nope, still can't do that since you're starting in the U.S. 
So that kind of put me down just because I felt like I wasn't being useful enough. And eventually the pressure kept on building and I just couldn't. So what pressure? What was the what was the turning point? Because so far it sounds about three months in. I sort of came. And to it was a six month contract, right? And I ended in five. OK, I came to the realization that I don't think this is for me. But I couldn't admit it just because I knew I just had to stick it out because I came from a family where Murphys don't quit. Mm -hmm. And I still stand by that. But so I just kept on plugging it and plugging it. And I made some uh, mistakes. Never was supporting me. But nonetheless, I, by the time five months were up, it became clear to everyone that I needed to go home. And even I admitted it. So they, they, who opened the conversation? It was the, it was Princess Cruises or yeah. you opened it? Princess Cruises opened it. They were really, everyone was sad to see me go, but we all realized this is for the best. I felt, I was really upset that day. Of course. They, when they dropped the bomb, because I was saying goodbye to friends I'd probably never see again. Like I made a lot of friends from South Africa. Like this one guy, Gabriel, if you're watching this, Gabriel, hi. Are you friends with him on Facebook? Yeah. Okay, so you do you do keep in touch. Oh, I keep in touch with all That's those good. guys. Yeah, but he was a guy who who was from South Africa who was about as tall as I am. Okay. And usually, sometimes in the bar, the people from the Commonwealth countries like me, like like me, the guys from South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, sometimes we'd have arm wrestling contests, and I usually arm wrestled Gabriel. I would win Did sometimes, you? he would win most of the others. So what you're saying is Gabriel was a weakling, if you could beat him. Gabriel was physically stronger than me. <laughs> there, Gabriel, I said it. Um, so what was, the, what was the disembarking like? Did they take you back to Aruba, or was it the next port of the, call they Vancouver. fly you? Oh, so they, they brought you back to Canada, so that's... Yeah, mm-hmm. The funny thing is, um, I hadn't talked to my parents for some time, and my mom blamed just because the way it worked, or you just were... because I was so stressed, oh, okay. and I felt like I needed to just face this. And my parents were like, "You should be talking to us every single day." That's eh, hard when you're working on a ship, yeah, though. It's a lot. That, and I was also trying to prove my independence both to them and to myself. Okay. So when you, so the ship says. You know, Kevin, you're a great person, but we we feel this isn't working out. You mm -hmm. humbly agree. You say your goodbyes. The ship docks in Vancouver, and you get out, or they flew you to Vancouver. the The ship was docking in Vancouver. So, what was the was the voyage? Because they they you started in Aruba. Did you switch ships, or did no, they? No, I switch didn't switch their... ships. It's just that in the spring months, it's sailing around the Caribbean. Okay. but when summer comes around. They sail up the west coast to Alaska. Okay, so it starts in Vancouver, goes to Alaska. That's neat. Goes to close to Anchorage. Okay. So on Sunday you're reporting cool. in Vancouver. When you arrive on, then on Saturday, you port in Anchorage, or the closest seaport to it. And then the following morning, you turn around with the next set of passengers, and it was basically just one giant. So it's just a three-day cruise. A week cruise. Oh, it's just... You'd sail through Vancouver up to um, the ports along the way. Okay. So eventually, you'd reach Glacier Bay and the other... Visually stunning. Oh, I Glacier would, Bay was imagine. amazing. I wish I still... Would you go back on a cruise? 
like as a guest not as, as a, a guest i think i would it would all depend on where i'd go i like like i said i want to visit machu picchu someday no it's a it's a dream that anybody can aspire That's to a long flight though from here to yeah. peru yeah yeah um have you ever been to south america no i have not yeah, i consider great. it for sure it's great so you're in vancouver they fly you back to toronto i assume yeah toronto and my dad's waiting for me so you talk to them at, at some point yeah they so, knew something was going on and i told them about a week before you know it, they get they they knew things and then my mom was just bombarding me with one million and one questions as mothers do yeah okay so it didn't work out the way you planned but really at the end of the day it seems as though at the, go on you 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 still told your parents you faced your fears there uh-huh and even to say that a murphy doesn't quit mm-hmm. sometimes things just don't work out why it can be a bitch sometimes yeah, of course so yeah I'm, sh- I'm sure you didn't feel very good after after that i was in a depression for almost a year like an actual clinical depression or you were just upset upset okay after that, I worked various jobs. Like the first job I worked after that, I was working in a printing press in Durham, Ontario. Okay. And a friend of mine said, Kev, this is draining your soul, man. <laughs> like I was literally the deaf. It was 12 hour days in the winter months. So I was slowly withering away. So eventually when- they let me go. And then I worked up at Chapman's Ice Cream. So when you say they let you go, like they fired you? More or, or less. They're okay. just getting. T- I think they were just getting tired of me. So then I worked at Chapman's for my probation had ended at that job. And with Chapman's, it was the same thing. Probation ended that Chapman's was a major improvement for me because it was a much healthier like a Chapman's in, factory. Yeah. Chapman's factory in Markdale, Ontario. Oh, that's the ice cool. cream place. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. Chapman's is the best. Did you get staff discounts? I got free ice cream. Free ice cream. <laughs> I got free ice cream, man. And oh, uh, after difficult. that, I was really... I was starting to get better. Okay. I, I felt more alive, and I felt like after Princess Cruises, I said to myself, "I'm never picking up a camera." Yeah, again. I was just about to ask that because you, when you left, you probably felt it would it would either be you're defeated because you, you. you I know. said to myself, "I might as well work as a blue collar slob for the rest of my life." So then, what changed your mind? What brought you back? A buddy of mine, my Yoda, came to me again, okay. Craig Schuldice, and said. Hey, we're filming a horror movie up in Owen Sound right now, and we could use some extra help. You want to help us? And I said, sure. So I did that. I helped him him and his friends out with filming. The name of this movie is still hilarious to me. The Hexecutioner. Yeah, that was a while ago, because you talked about this the last time you were here, and I still don't get the humor. Yeah, but whatever... I just laughed when I heard it, but yeah, I felt better and I felt like I was working with my own kind again and it was balancing out with Chapman's. I even, they were even glad I was able to bring them free ice cream. Well, of course. That's... They were, they were like, Kevin, hey look, Kevin's here. Ice cream. Ice cream. Hey, can I have a rocket pop? So you brought individual ice creams or just I, I, of... I usually brought a whole tub of Neapolitan and they all loved that. And the Chapman's factory didn't care? They didn't care. Actually, one of my horrible. Co- one of my co-workers at Chapman's was friends with the producer of the film. Okay, so yeah, a little so bit he, of conversation. Yeah, and everything was going good, and then it happened. 
just stick your penis in ice cream? No, 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 not that. What happened? Uh, my mom got a call from a friend who said she knew someone who was filming a documentary across Canada, and she enthusiastically wanted me to work for this guy. Who what, she... was, what was the documentary? The documentary was about the robocall scandal. Do you remember oh, that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, keep talking. I'm just uh, going to check our cameras. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to, just because I was doing so well at Chapman's that I didn't want to break it. But my mom was just like, "No, Kevin, you got to do this," because I was still, even though I was getting better, I was still a little down about losing my job on Princess Cruises. Mm -hmm. But I decided to just go with it and give it a shot. And the guy in question, I won't reveal his name, okay. but he was pretty nuts. Really? The director? What? Yeah, what? he was nuts. I was his assistant and he was just... What was your main role then as the assistant? I was his assistant. I thought I would be getting great experience, but I was more or less his errand boy. Oh. But why was he nuts? What was what was the issue? Cause he, he, um... He used to work for CBC. Okay. And he was laid off during the Harper years. Yep. And as I'm sure you know, the robocalls centered around the conservative government. Yes. So on the outside, it seemed like he was doing this to help uh, Canadians come together, just unite against Harper. But in reality, I think he was doing this because he was mad about losing his job. And I sort of realized... This is kind of like how I'm feeling with uh, losing my job at Princess. Okay, and, so there were some parallels that you uh -huh. made. But then I realized there were some differences. Like, I was willing to forgive and forget, but with him, he outright compared Harper to Adolf Hitler. Well, some people still do. Well, yeah, <laughs> but then I realized, wait, even though I don't like Harper, I'm not willing to go that far. No. No, I was not willing to go that far. I even wrote an article on Quora, the question answering website. Someone asked, what disgusts you? And I just said, I hate it when people compare certain people to some of the worst people in history. Because you're taking things too far. That's fair. And eventually he was, like, he was just really demanding. He was really rude. And eventually he was just like, said, I'm getting tired of this guy. Send him home. And so... Did you get paid? A little bit. Okay. And then he just kicked me out and uh, told me to go back to, to Walkerton. So I did. Eventually returned to Chapman's, but then about a few weeks later, I got laid off because my probation ended. But I think I would have stayed longer if I hadn't left. Hmm. And so after that, after the next two months, I was still looking for another job. And then I uh, took a job in Toronto for a wedding company. Right. The... Um... You were, was it you that you were having issues with? We talked about. Huh? Did you have any issues with them or no? I did. Are we allowed to talk about that? Don't mention the company name. Let's just let's just talk about the yeah. the issues so that you had. It started out good. I was learning more a lot. Actually, a bit of how I built KD Media is built on how they edit. But midway through, I re I was starting to realize maybe this isn't the best thing for me because... You were just editing for them. You editing. Were... I did a little bit of shooting for them, but I was mainly editing. You did a good job editing. I remember that stuff. It was oh, very well you. shot and very well edited. Yeah. But anyway, these people, um, they're mainly money-focused. 
Hmm? They were money focused okay. entirely, and they w- sometimes they wouldn't pay us. Eventually, how did you get paid? Was it hourly, or was it like were you a contractor or an employee? Employee. So you were an hourly employee. Hourly. How much were you getting paid? Eighteen an hour. Eighteen an hour. But they would skimp. Okay. But eventually, I was just getting tired of it, and by um, March of last year, I blowed the whistle on them. So who'd you call? Um, the government. Did you I get did. your money? I did eventually after they fired me. Huh. And my uncle, when he found out, he was pretty ticked that, that I was fired for doing my civic duty. Well, of course, they had no reason to fire you for that, but they should have been paying you. And then after that, I realized I've learned everything I need from them. I'm going to get a real job back home and build and finally build KD Media to what it, I think it should be. And the and real then, job was you, you've been in Canada Post ever since. Yeah, I've been in Canada Post since July of last year. And I got to say, it's been the best job I've ever had. You're a delivery person. Right? I'm a delivery person. So you're a, like, what's, what's, it's not mailman anymore. You can't say that. So you're a mail person? I'm a mail person. So that's what would be on your resume. Yeah. So that job, I see mail people every day. You start when? What time? Me, I start at around 8 in the morning. And you end? Um, it really all depends on the weight of the mail. <laughs> that's an honest answer. Because... I usually sort the mail for about an hour and a half. Mondays and Wednesdays are usually my heaviest days because Monday, all the mail is backlogged from the weekend. Okay. And Wednesday is usually the day Farmer's Digest comes in. Okay. Well, that's what I, that's what I call all the farmer's papers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I work in Wingham, Ontario, and there's a lot of farmers and a lot of Mennonites in that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so you sort for an hour, start at nine. Well, you go nine till five. Like I, I then only... by around ten o'clock, I'm ready to go and start my deliveries. And that's all walking, or you drive? I drive. Oh, you drive? Okay. Yeah, I drive, and uh, first I start sorting the mail in the um, in the parcel compartments. Then I head out to the countryside, and that's probably where I'm happiest because I get fresh country air. And Do you I listen can... to music on the. Yeah, I listen to music. I usually have two playlists I listen to. One is my Disney Road playlist. Okay. Which lists all my favorite Disney songs from 1986 to present day. Okay. So I call it Disney Magic. Thirty Well, Disney Road, 30 Years of Magic. Okay. And the other is my J-pop, Japanese music. Okay. Yeah, I listen to that because... Sharply contrasting, but yes. It, it keeps me motivated. Because I, I watch a lot of anime. Okay. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Day in, day out, it's Disney and K-pop music. J- you... J-pop, there's a difference. Oh, sorry, J-pop. Um, well, it's just, I like to stick to a schedule. Yeah, that's fine. And helps helps me stay focused. And then you, you're paid by the hour there. You're not paid by the delivery, right? Paid by the hour combined with the uh, amount of parcels I have to deliver. Oh, so there's a nice and, little... And that all varies like christmas is coming up so i'm probably gonna have a lot of parcels to deliver soon that's a lot of money you're like a santa claus delivering presents <laughs> yeah right? i guess i guess you can say that he has a better beard but what's wrong with this it's not white you got a problem with the beard mister it i've been growing this for over a year you, you know? can tell yeah 
I can't grow it that long. I, I'm seeing what I can do, but it's not. It's going to be a long time coming before I have something like that. But I would not be able to have that on my face. Mm-hmm. You know, if you shaved your mustache, you would look entirely Amish. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or midnight-ish. Like, my mom's been joking to me that... If I did shave a mustache, there'd be a lot of Mennonites that would want me married off to their daughters. Because I'm so tall. You know what, Kevin? You just throw in the best segues. I wanted to ask you this forever. It's one thing we've never covered, but it's worth asking. Oh, boy. How old are you now? 27. Okay, let's talk romance, Kevin Murphy. Uh-huh. Okay? Let's, let's, let's go back. Grade school. What was it like for you with girls in grade school? Most people have horrible stories anyways. I couldn't tell the difference between the two. Between girls and boys. I just talk, talk to them, but as I grew older, by grade 7, I realized, most of us realized there is a difference. Okay. Because puberty was right around the corner. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you, you, uh, did you have any high school girlfriends, anything like that? I can't remember. I had one, but it didn't work out. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So what, how was that? What was that? Is that, is that your definitive high school girlfriend experience are you always going to be thinking about her as you grow older (laughs) i don't know but by (laughs) by college i was like um i think i'm just gonna stick to my studies well i remember kevin murphy that uh that swooned over a lot of women in college i'm not listening i'm not mentioning names but you did swoon over a lot of women well okay i did but i never had the guts to to take the jump you know what? Sometimes they weren't worth the jump. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I regret uh-oh. it. Uh oh. Got a cameo. A cameo. A Hello. <laughs> making a cameo? Yes, you are. So many lights. And at this point, it's about an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast. Hello. Oh, it's not Hi. Uh, Hello. Bree, this is Kevin. Hi. Kevin, this Hi. is Bree. Justin's girlfriend, Justin. Kevin, Kevin, Justin. Uh, I don't know Kevin. Oh, we know each other. Say hi. Hello. What'd you do today? Oh, there's a Santa Claus parade. Santa Claus parade? Which one? The St. Catharines? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was okay. No, it was better than okay. It was great. It was, that went down St. Paul Street? Yes. Next week, or next year, we're going to be in it. You're going to be handing out candy. Yeah. What's he going to, is he going to be Santa Claus? Or is he going to be one of your little elves? Uh, We're going to do a Grinch. So they're going to be who's. Wait, he's going to be a who? Or what? Is this a for sure thing? Yeah. Like set in stone. Set in stone. Uh, and is he going to be the Grinch? Yes, I'm going to be the Grinch. I just have to make the phone calls and set up for next year. Just ran out of time this year. Hmm. And we didn't have the mask and whatnot. Wait, does yeah. that mean he's going to be Max? No. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I guess he could be. See, I do have good You'd ideas. be my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. No, that's not right. But... Uh, bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, okay, so grade school or college, you're, I will say that you, you liked quite a few women in college. You say you focused on your studies, but I beg to differ. What college boy doesn't. That's true. It's very true. But yeah, um, there was one in college that I, that I think really liked me and I'm starting to realize that she liked me, but by the time. In our course or just somebody else? In our course. I won't say who, but... Can you say it off camera? I'll tell you, I might tell you off camera okay. later. But yeah. I'm curious. But afterwards, um, that person had uh, moved out west. 
Oh, well, now so you're just I, giving it away. By the time away. I fully realized that I liked her, I felt like I was too late. And, that, and uh, after that, I just realized I just had to focus on what's in front of me. And then, actually, after when I was working at my job in Toronto, I actually went on a trip out west. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was really what I needed to get over Princess Cruises. Well, everybody needs a journey. So I decided to fly to Calgary, get a rental car, and drive all the way to Tofino. Tofino? Where is that? That is right on the edge of the country, on Vancouver Island. Wow. That's okay. a drive? Yes, it is. Yes, I drive all the way through the mountains. Mm. Bet you it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And by the time I reached Tofino, I got down on my knees on the beach <laughs> and splashed my face with salt water. Okay. It's not Probably. where I thought you were going there, but yeah. what were you thinking? Well, my question or next is God or something. You're uh <laughs> you're you're one who got away, moved out west. Did you see the one who got away? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um but now you're back here. What's mm-hmm. the dating life in Walkerton like, Kevin? I, uh, kind of a few dates, but for the most part, I, uh, they either don't call back or I just forget their phone number or something. Well, that's not a good way of doing romantic business. But anyway, I just try to stay focused on, uh, Canada Post and KD Media because I, right now, that is what's most important hey job focus is good that's that's great Mm -hmm. i think um everybody focuses on different things at certain points in time so there's Mm -hmm. nothing there's there's nothing wrong with that and you said you're canada post full-time and at some point you think you're gonna buy a house well i'm not full-time yet i'm getting close what's the like your designated part-time but you i'm technically i'm a part-timer i'm i'm what's called an ochre my job right now is to fill in for people that are going on vacation or have had to take a leave of absence or to fill in routes that haven't been filled yet. And that's what I've been doing. I've been filling in for a route for about six months now. Okay. And pretty soon that route will be opening and I'll be applying for it. Do you think you'll get it? I th- think there's a very good chance I will get it. Okay, that's good. Because that's my key to getting my own place. You're obviously qualified. You've been doing the route, so. Uh-huh. So that's good. But a good chunk of it comes down to seniority. I guess that's fair as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you're old, so. Thank you for admitting that. I know it's seniority in the company. You are older than me, though. You were born. How old are you now? I'm 27. I was born in, at the end of 1990. Yes, yeah, so just a little bit older. Mm-hmm. What's your birthday again? December 28th. Right. That's why. 1990. So. Mm-hmm. Eric's younger than the both of us. 24. Aw. 24. Not that much younger than no. 24 26 27 in mm-hmm. february um this this was good I, I, you're i think one of the things is i always look back at a radio show stuff with a weird fondness because and i'm sure i've told you this i when we started the radio show i shot the pilot assuming that we wouldn't get it i was not i was, I was thinking the same thing. i didn't do well in radio so i'm like they're not going to give me a radio show but when nobody wanted to do a radio show with you i thought whatever let's try it and it worked but as we went along 
we we saw movies, we argued on the radio, so I never got to know you. You're not a bad person. I no, I, I, are you. I quote things about you all the time. Mm-hmm. Several things I can't say on this podcast because it directly uh, mentions people's names, <laughs> but it's it's cool. You you've been through a lot. Your business is growing. It, it um it, it's a good thing but uh what what do you want to see happen with kd media like what's the next step what's your next goal um my next my goal for next year is to get a lot more agriculture in kd media like agriculture how what agricultural in- like more agricultural photos more oh, okay. videos mm-hmm. stuff like that paid agricultural stuff yeah okay like using my drone to just help farmers help the agricultural Go community out to tilsonburg and promote tobacco farms yeah it's yeah. true oh help the tobacco industry a little bit yeah, the industry you want to help um <laughs> Well, no, that's good. And how about weddings? Are weddings looking strong next year? Or? Uh, so far, I have one booked for next year. Okay, that's good. That's a start. Like, my goal for next year is to have six. Six is good. My goal, last year I said, I want to film, I want four, and I got four. That's the good. year before that, it was two. So I'm hoping that uh, in 2019, I'll have six. And that's good because it gets me ready for the big one in 2020. Eight? Huh? Eight? No, a wedding that I'll be filming in 2020, that one is going to be here in Ontario, the Our other is a destination your... wedding. Oh, what wedding? It's... Where are you going? I'll tell you off camera. Okay. Okay. It's a surprise. Is it your wedding? No, 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 it's a, no, it's a client. I'll be filming their wedding here in Ontario. The bride's from Canada. Okay. And the groom is from... The undisclosed location. Yes. So I'll be filming the wedding in Ontario first. Then I'll be filming the destination wedding afterwards, which will be two months later. So if anything, every wedding I've filmed to date, every wedding between now and then, we'll be getting ready for that wedding. Destination weddings are awesome, Kev. Yeah. Because that'll be the one that'll prove... Is it tropical? It's not tropical. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. I always find the tropical destinations, I like them, but they seem a little too predictable. Well, most weddings are. Yeah, but, like, for me, like, when I travel, I don't like going to the tropical paradise where you just sit on a beach drinking a margarita. I feel like that was a slight jab it at me. It does sound like one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I I, I... I like traveling to places, like... Like I said, I traveled through the mountains. I like traveling to like places that have a lot of history to it. Like I want to travel to Peru. I want to visit Machu Picchu. I want to visit um, Scandinavia, England. Where in Scandinavia? Norway or Sweden oh, okay. because my mom did the Ancestry.com thing. And even though I'm Irish, turns out going back even further than that, there's Norwegian in me. He's Irish, but he can't hold his alcohol. It's a genetic trait. <laughs> oh, I but remember. But you're Belgian. You can't resist waffles. Yeah, that's true. I do like my waffles. But you know what? I don't like beer. <laughs> I'm not a beer person. Give me whiskey all day. But not beer. Never. Yeah. The, bring up the ancestry stuff. Ed, 
have, you've never done like one of the ancestry tests. No, I'd be interested in doing that. That'd be a oh. fun. Thing where do you think? Where, where do you know your ancestry is from, Eric? A mix of European people. We, we I don't could really do it know. on the podcast because um, my um, talk about it later. Like um, my mom did, and um, when I look at the immediate members of my family on my dad's side, my dad and his older brother, they they're obviously Irishmen. They look like Irishmen. They talk like Irishmen. They drink like Irishmen. So when you say you did the Ancestry.com thing... My mom did it. So is that just the genealogical stuff, or did you do, like, the... Because the, Ancestry.com's doing their own DNA test, and you didn't do a DNA test. My mom did it, so she did her, her, oh, okay. her test, and she did my dad. Okay. Yeah, so she found out there's a bit of Norwegian going way, way back before Ireland. Huh. And me and my dad's oldest brother were the biggest beard people in our on his side of the family, and that was... My mom was like, okay, if there's any other proof, we're descended from Vikings, it's you two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd make a good Viking. You don't think I'd make a good Viking? No, you have the height. Have you the have the height, but I've seen you run. Vikings didn't have to run gracefully. I know, but he's not great. He looks, when you run, you look like you fall over. Like I'm not a fast runner, but I'm like, <laughs> when I took karate, I was a pretty good kicker. Well, yeah, you were a karate person, too. Uh-huh. Um... Whenever we were in sparring, they were just, I think my opponents were like, oh, please, for the love of God, don't let Kevin kick. <laughs> well, if you kicked, you'd hit their face. Yeah. You're so tall. Well, that, my kicks were pretty strong. Yeah. I think they said I had hammer kicks or something. Well, that... And my mom also did karate. She actually had a nickname. They called her Black Tiger. That's... Racially and culturally insensitive. But also <laughs> but also dangerous. Yes. She was a black belt. Well. <laughs> and, and also her Chinese zodiac sign was the tiger. Okay, so it's less racially and culturally mm-hmm. insensitive, but... Mm-hmm. Um, do you still do karate? No, I actually... Um, when I got my job in Toronto, I had to give that up. And by the time I moved back, the dojo had... Uh, my my Kiyoshi, that's the head instructor, he retired. Oh. And I really couldn't... So the dojo was no mo. I guess you could say that, but... <laughs> yeah, I was just like, if um, he's retired, then I um, I really couldn't imagine anyone else teaching me but him. So your Mr. Miyagi went bye-bye. Yeah. Well, he, he retired. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a game for us, and I think it's a game that we can... We can I'll need uh, a pen. Oh, I gave go. you a pen. It's a game that right. we can end this show with. All right, let's play the game, boys. I was hoping there was going to be more controversy, but quite frankly, you're just a good, right. normal dude. I was hoping there was going to be arguments. So, Eric, you get to go first. <laughs> okay. If that's okay with Jesse. Well, okay, you're on camera. You have to explain what we're doing. Here's how the game works. Don't talk to I, me. I'm going to give you... Talk to the camera. I'm going to give Jesse <laughs> and Eric... Qua- my summarized quotes of the 10 movies I hate the most, going from least hated to most hated out of those 10. And these are my very brief one-sentence summaries. So they're not quotes, they're They're summaries. They're not quotes from the movies, they're my opinions. Okay, so here's number 10. This movie is the definition of a slap in the face. Here's the list. (laughs) Slap of the face. That's not a summary. That's my opinion. Almost every movie I'm, could be a slap in the face. I'm just going to guess Son of the Mask because there's faces involved. 
You are incorrect. Okay. Jesse, it's your turn. What's the quote? This movie is the definition of a slap in the face. You've seen pretty much all of these, and I've seen for sure <laughs> one, so I think you might have the advantage. Although I'm sure I'm going to get the one for The Last Airbender. <laughs> uh, Howard the Duck. Wrong. Really? You both want the answer? Sure. It was The Last Airbender. Oh, really? Because I didn't get that This one. movie is the definition of a slap in the face. Hmm. Because the movie itself was so insulting to the show. It okay. was insulting to the show, but... So a slap in the face to I the guess. show. Okay. I mean, they kind of just made stuff up that wasn't actually in the... Well, they totally missed the point of the show. Yeah. The next one is... Number nine. Well, I have to destroy this movie nine times before it gets out of my head. You're not... Hmm. Like... Referencing... To, uh... That's my, my very brief opinion. Eric... Guess what it is? <laughs> Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> Felix the cat, because it's a cat. You're yes. correct. All right. I, I got like that the most now. logical thing. All right. Since you guessed correctly, you get to go again. Okay. All right. The next quote is, how exactly is this a kid's film? Okay. Something that would be inappropriate for kids, but intended for kids at the same time i'm gonna go with alone in the dark you are incorrect okay. it's supposed to be a kid's film and that is not intended to be a kid's film uh garbage pail kids you're incorrect uh son of the mask no uh food you, fight you guess your first guess was jerk Garbage Pell Kids, the correct answer was Son of the Mask. I would say that's not necessarily a kid's movie. They marketed it as a kid's movie. But I... it was too horrifying. Alright, this next one is easy, and I'll give it to you, Jesse, out of fairness. Duck Tits. Nuff said. That would be Howard the Duck. You are correct. Alright, next one is... Go Back to Tenacious D. Which one would you like to go? Oh, uh, Eric, you want to go? Go back to Tenacious. Go back to Tenacious. So, so I'm, is it is Jack Black starring in this movie? Because he's not starring in the movie, but he made a brief cameo. Oh, I don't know. I don't know which one Jack Black was in. Outfield Earth Food Fight. I don't know. I I'm gonna give that to Jesse. I don't have any answer. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> Too bad Tenacious. He was one of them. Except so. Good movie. Tenacious D made a brief cameo in the movie. Yeah, but I can't remember. Uh, <sighs> Master of Disguise? I can't remember. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's either. I don't know. Is that your final answer? Sure. The correct answer was Biodome. Hmm. Next is... I think this one should be pretty easy. Too bad it can't disguise itself as an adequate movie. Master of Disguise. Mm -hmm. Alright, the next one is... I'll give that... I exactly know how this pointing scheme is working, Kevin. Me neither. 
I'd like to say for the record that Toy Story had a lower budget than this monstrosity. Okay. That's the quote? That's my opinion of the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what was the budget of Toy Story and what was the budget of those that were made? Your options left are Battlefield Earth. I can say Garbage Pail Kids. I'll go double on that. You're both wrong. What? The answer was Food Fight. Oh. Food Fight had a higher budget than... But Food Fight came out... When did it come out? It was supposed to come out in 2002, but apparently someone stole the footage and they had to totally redo it and it came out in 2012. I know inflate. Asian yeah, because any almost still, any movie that came that out does, in 2002, would... but still that nonetheless proves that Toy Story obviously put in a lot more effort. Well, yeah. The next one is, believe it or not, this movie is so bad it once ripped the fabric of reality. Rip the fabric of reality. Your options left are Battlefield Earth, Alone in the Dark, and but and uh, Garbage Pail Kids. You know, Eric. Alone in the Dark. Wrong. Okay. Battlefield Earth. Garbage Pail Kids. I'm not very good at this. No. Yeah. But I try to avoid these movies. All right. The next one, it's come down to a process of elimination between these two films I hate. <laughs> um, this is bad. Just bad. And it's either Alone in the Dark or Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. Alone in the Dark. Lovely. Son of a bitch. There's a 50-50. <laughs> yeah. So, one for... What a riveting game, Kevin. <laughs> All right, and I'm sure you can both guess the last one. If 2001 is Space Odyssey is my favorite film of all time, this is definitely the yin to that yan. Battlefielder. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to watch that because it's terrible, apparently. Oh, it is bad. Yeah. I've watched it once. Alright, so the winner was... <laughs> Not good! It's a tie. <laughs> Lovely. Good job, Eric. Comparison between someone who's seen nine of the films and I've seen one. Uh-huh. I've seen, I, I bet you each movie outside of The Master Disguise and maybe The Son of the Mask... Did we review The Son of the Mask? I, we, I, I think we should have. Um, out of all those movies, I've only ever seen each of them once, except for The Master Disguise, which I've seen quite a few times because it's Kevin's, like, uh, like sex Favorite. tape almost. <laughs> what? It's not my sex tape. When he's lonely at night, that's what he watches. That's why he <laughs> talked about it so much on our radio show. <laughs> that's the Jesse I know. It was just Master of Disguise, Master of Disguise. Sex so, out of all these, which one would you cons- would you say is the worst? The worst? Yes. Food fight. Really? I didn't like the Last Airbender. <laughs> well, not a lot of people did like the Last Airbender. Are they remaking that as a another movie or a TV show? They're, I think they're remaking it as a Netflix original series. Okay, which, that's what. Honestly, I, I just want to see a third series after Korra, which I think a lot of people want to see. Okay. The way that they radically switch things up for Korra. It, be cool to see them switch it up again kind like of like if like the way i see it avatar the last airbender is set in our equivalent of the 1850s around the time of uh of the time canada became a nation or whatnot and legend of korra which is set 70 years later like the 40s or something 1920s 20s really that was a time when things were really booming after the first world war 
like movies became a thing and so I'd love to see a series set in the even further future like a point in a sort of cyberpunk world yeah I could see that working mm -hmm. hmm. like where it or becomes sort of a war be between traditional bending and modern technology which is better hmm and do you watch Game of Thrones or I don't oh I'm waiting till it's done okay that's my excuse. I'll, I'll wait till it's done. Well, no, I... To start. <laughs> yeah. I, I've i been burned on other shows that just end so horribly or don't have an ending. There's so much flipping stuff out there to watch. I know. If, if it's a narrative that is entirely... Like, the entire point of the series is contingent on the fact that it's going to end in this, like, absolutely amazing and story driven story like it's, it's all gonna pay off beethoven finale or something if they drop the ball it's kind of like that we talked about before is the journey really gonna be worth the shitty destination no so if they drop the ball just be like then i feel as though it might not be worth it <laughs> well um i'm a big fan like me and my friends we all get together when the show comes back on we'll uh we'll play board games we'll uh like, I, I've got Game of Thrones Risk, and we always play that right before the game, and we'll order pizza, or for the season finale last year, we all, we had a potluck, we all barbecued, like, uh, Jeff, he, uh, he cooked on the grill, and I uh, cooked in the kitchen, I cooked, um, homemade crab burgers. That sounds pretty good. Yep. Homemade crab. Well, actually, store-bought crab. I was going to say. The crab store-bought, yes. If you grew your own crab, that'd be impressive. Yeah. I've right. always said that Kevin has crabs, but not in that way. But yeah. <laughs> homemade, yeah. Homemade crabby patties, you could call them. Crabby patties. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. oh, that's fun. I have a friend. We're watching through all the James Bond movies. That's what we're doing. We mm -hmm. get together. We have a drink or two and watch through the Bond films. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Which but one it, did you watch last? Uh, the last one we watched was... Um, From what I remember, you're on fairly modern ones by now. No. No? Not quite. I can't remember the last one we watched. We didn't watch one last week. Uh, In Living Daylights, I believe. Oh, okay. But we're inching closer towards Brosnan. Because Brosnan is the best. Well, I disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> I, like, I like them as Bond. <laughs> I like a lot of them. It's interesting to go through them all. Like, people make fun of Sean Connery, but no, I love he, Sean Connery. He Bond. beat women. Like, that's what they make fun yes. of him for. But they, holy crap! Yes. To look at it from a a perspective of yeah, this isn't right, or the amount of times that they actually say no, and he still goes for it. It's like Jesus, this is awkward to watch now. Yes, times have changed. They have, yeah. but that's okay. Well, Kevin, do you have any parting words? It is great to be back in Niagara, even if it's just for two days. Yeah, we'll be heading what? back to Old Walkerton tonight. How long's the drive? Uh, about three hours. And what do you do on the drive? Do you have a three-hour Disney playlist? You can say hey, that. Yeah? Well, I have to drive really slow when I uh, deliver mail. Well, I guess that's that's fair. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, it is. I've also got a lot of classic rock on my phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun. I know we don't see each other very often, but you know, no. Walkerton isn't easy to get to. Yeah, you got to go through the QEW up 
through Hammertown, then through Guelph, and then you're in the boonies. Like I don't mm-hmm. even care about the like the the drive itself. It's just that's a long drive, mm-hmm. and I like you. Mm-hmm. But that's a long drive. I know. That's but a commitment. If there's one thing I've learned on my travels, it's that life is a journey, not a destination. Eh, okay, it's fair. Yeah. It's all in how you look at it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you how would you rate your journey so far? Are things on the up and up? It's always I, nice to end the podcast on a good note. I think they are on the up and up. Okay. I mean, there might be some bumps along the way, but the thing is, you got to be both optimistic and practical. That's fair. Uh, well, it's been great having you. Uh, if you ever become an author, we can have you back on. If you ever decide to run for mayor, we can have you back on as well. And if I decide to have a podcast of my own up north. we got to drive should... all the way out there. Hey, it's only fair. I've come down here yep. twice for you, well, Jesse. I'll, I'll come up. If he has, we can go up. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you ever decide to become an escort, we got your back, too. I don't suggest it. This is, this is a medium for all peoples. Hmm? This is the medium for all peoples. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, everybody. This was fun. I always like uh, seeing Kevin. Uh, I had fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you for coming. Although, thank you, for you, inviting seem, me. you seem to enjoy yourself last night anyways your dinner and movie mm-hmm. though I don't understand why you stayed in Niagara Falls if you did all your stuff in Welland well, I came to Welland just to reminisce yeah. on the good old days okay. so then before we finish what are you reminis- Like, what when you go to the college what do you feel I feel like um, I was going to end it but I that's feel, a good question I feel young again huh. like, but do you feel old every other day I do yeah, I do. <laughs> but what what about like you're you're the equivalent by by going back to the college and I know we've talked about it so I'm guilty of it too anyways, but you you'd be the equivalent of the the high school jock who's living his his glory days because he's wearing his letter jacket. Like what what are you reminiscing when you go back there? Why are you yes, you're older, but what's what's wrong now? What made the college days so much better? I don't know. The, when you go when you graduate from college, you think to yourself, there's so many things I wish I could have done or wish I could have done better. But In college? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you wish you could have done better? Maybe get a few better grades. <laughs> well, that's fair, but you still passed. You yeah. see the diplomas on the wall, they don't show the grades. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't think I've had any job interview where they've said, hey, what'd you get in this course? Mm-hmm. Me neither. So, Yeah. I am just curious because I reminisce about different things, but mm-hmm. not necessarily at the college. Although it's always just kind of neat to go back there. But yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're you're in high standings. One of the other people we've been thinking about in, uh, interviewing is we're going to try to get Dave Lestraco on. Lestraco. Yeah, we tried to have you on first because that way he can talk about you, and we have current stuff. Oh, so you can cross reference. Yeah, sounds fair. <laughs> So, uh, thank you very much. This you're very welcome. This yes, has been you. fun. It's always neat. As I said, I think we accomplished it. We personified you. Yeah. Well, my plan is to help KD Media keep growing. It's great, and I think you've. I feel as though you have been. You've talked to me a few times here and there about your your turf, quote unquote. There's the wedding industry is a four point two billion dollar a year industry. 
there's enough money to go around. Mm -hmm. Even if I decide that we're going to expand to Walkerton, there's enough money to go around. I suppose so. Uh, So this just in, DH Media is opening up offices in Walkerton. Stay tuned. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night. And this means war. (laughs) Wave to that camera, Kevin. Say goodbye. Goodbye.